Sometimes I do that to Jed. I'm like, you know what? (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) How does he react to that? He uh, can't resist. Uh, He can't resist not finishing it. Try to not finish it. (laughs) (laughs) You can't. You can't. You can't just. You can't just let it hang out there. Yeah. This is Don't Think Twice. An unfiltered podcast where we trust our instincts and learn that life is only as good as the company you keep. So anyway, how are you? How are things? Things are good. Um, I uh, just finished up a big job this week. You did. You did. Congratulations. Thank you. You've been working crazy hours. I've been working crazy hours on some shows and um, uh, my title is technically technically producer of these shows i did this festival worked this festival last year um at lincoln center and um and last year i almost didn't apply for this job you may remember this i didn't apply for the job because i looked at it and i was encouraged to apply by a friend who was like oh i can't do this i was offered this job i can't do it you should apply and i looked at it and i was like no i'm not qualified for that Mm -hmm. like there's no way i could possibly bill myself as being um, qualified able to do all these things yeah um, and then at sort of the last minute, I was like, well, what the hell? I'll just like throw my hat in the ring, like let them tell me no kind of thing. Um, and then I got it. And then I was like, oh, man, I'm way out of my depth. Now I have to actually do this thing. So I did it. And it was like pretty like last year, kind of stressful, mm-hmm. I think. Just because I First felt time like around's I was, always hard. Yeah, I was like learning what needed to happen and also like feeling like, oh, I really have to prove that I can actually do this thing that I sold myself as doing being mm-hmm. able to do that I've never done before. Um, and then this year, now that I had done it once, it was so much easier. Like I would argue it turns out you had actually already done all of the things. It, 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 no, it did turn out that way. It did turn out that way, but um, but never like sort of in that configuration yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, just have that feeling sometimes when you don't check every single box mm-hmm. in the job description. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this job. A couple of years ago, I read a paper. By paper, I mean I read the title of an article that I didn't actually read completely. But it said... That women, mm-hmm. um, when it comes too. to reading a job description, if like women tend to feel like they need to qualify, meet all, almost all of the objectives and all of the... And men feel that they need to meet about 50, yeah. 50 to 60 percent. It's like, mm, and then they'll just apply. I'm good enough. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and women are like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. Yeah. So I, I took that to heart, actually. Yeah. And I started to try to um, make a concerted effort to apply for things, even if I felt like, oh, I don't have a master's degree, whatever. What's the worst that can happen? You know? Like, yeah. Um, but anyway, so it was much easier this year, yeah. uh, just cause having done it once and I felt like I could be a lot more, um, decisive and commanding and be like more of an authority, but it's always hard, you know, when you come in and, uh, you know, sometimes, be, you know, being a woman or being younger than people, whatever. And just also kind of being the person who's like the, just the adult in charge. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what we used to call it at one of my, at one of my other contract jobs. We call it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I struggle with that job a lot cause I, I like feel like. I'm not doing anything. I'm sitting well, around here on these 16 hour days. I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, surely any moment someone is going to notice, notice that I've been, that I've been I'm not doing anything. And <laughs> then they're just going to be like, well, what do you actually do here? Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah. So like, I always think, think about that. But the thing that I've been trying to remind myself about these types of jobs, because you work a lot of them, I work mm-hmm. a lot of them, is that like, what is your actual role there? Like your role there is not to like know how 
you know, which cables are run where and like mm-hmm. how all the stuff mm-hmm. works. Your job is to like make sure that everyone is like in their lane doing their job. You're you're the air traffic controller. You're a quality. You're the traffic director. Control. Yeah. And like with this type of job, I did all the advance for these shows, um, all the prep work for the show. So yeah. ideally, if you do that right on the day of the show, you should have nothing to do because everything should be like all the variables should have been mm-hmm. removed in advance. So I just have to keep reminding myself that, that it's like, oh, you just because I'm not physically doing something right now doesn't mean that I'm not like adding some value to things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the job I work now in my day job um, in with operations and finance. I, I feel the same way all the time that I'm not doing anything. And about a year ago, I have a great boss and I told her, I was like, I just feel like, you know, I have all the systems in place and like things come in and I just, I do them. And she, she's brilliant and she's not just because she likes me, but she's <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. She no, recognizes she said, your brilliance. She said, oh, the thing is, um, really good operations and finance is, should be invisible. Like if we see what's happening administratively, then there are probably, there are problems, but no one asks you questions. No, no one's work is slowed up. No one even knows that things have been done because you've already done. So, well, anyway. congratulations because what was it? Seven or eight shows? It was eight this year. Eight, eight shows. shows in fourteen days. In fourteen days, I went to a couple of them. I thought they were great. Um, Thank you. Congratulations! I'm so glad you came. That meant meant a lot, yeah. especially that you came to my closing. That was really well, sweet. Well, I had to. Yeah, it was really I sweet. I had to support you. Yeah. And then we had to drink wine and and. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. So we we <laughs> drank quite a bit of free wine that we got from the show, um, from my my inventory because it was the last show. So we were trying to on a park bench. On a park bench. And then urinated on like in Lincoln Center's property. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, we drank wine outside. It was a beautiful summer night. Mm-hmm. We were there until two a.m. Two a.m. Yeah, yeah a little we were past there until two a.m. I'm ready to get something. She's like, I really need to pee. We're going to take a car home. I can't, I can't make it 45 minutes home. Look, so, this is, by the way, this is a personal growth for me because usually I'm like, oh, I don't have to pee. I'm no, fine. this is always, you always end up in the cab. And then, and then like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm desperate. We have yeah. to like pull over and go yeah. to McDonald's. So I was like, I see what's in my future. I'm going to be a grown up and say like, actually, like actually mom, I do need to pee before mm-hmm. we go on the road trip. Yeah. I'm proud of you. So we went into the Empire Hotel and... Many years ago, when Amrit and I just had known each other for a matter of months, we took a vacation in the, in the dead of winter to Miami. And there was a moment, and of course, we were This was poor. a great, great vacation. <laughs> it was such a good vacation. We were poor, and we were staying in this motel that was not in South Beach. It was north of South Beach. But we were in South Beach, and we needed to pee. And so we went into like the Four Seasons. Or, mm-hmm. or, it was, or, a, it it was, like was a the Ritz-Carlton yeah. or something like that. And uh, we really had to pee. We weren't supposed to be in there, so we just walked with purpose mm-hmm. and found the restroom like um, the nicest bathroom i've ever been nicest. in in my entire life and without saying anything to each other we found out later that we had both stolen a bunch of napkins a bunch of uh towels towels mm-hmm. from, the, from bathroom. the bathroom Duh. But, so <laughs> so uh so we were going to do the same thing because i had to pee too we were going to go into the empire hotel just walk with purpose you know you walk in and you just, you just walk until you hope that you see out of your peripheral vision the bathroom. And then pretend that you were headed there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So we walked in. We took a strong left. And we found into a wall. nothing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 2 a.m. So there's not a soul in the lobby. So if it's midday, there are going to be people milling around. So you're not going to be very conspicuous. conspicuous. Right. There was a security guard. There were two front desk people. And there was like our two jackasses with like yes. wine breath. Yes. 
So we walk in. I was like, sorry, it's not going to happen. All, all, all we found were the elevators. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, like maybe I should <laughs> ask. Like maybe they'll take pity on me. I was going to pretend to be pregnant. I've never actually done that. I thought I, I thought I would. And then I felt like weird about you it. You didn't play it. I couldn't yeah. do it. So she goes up to the counter and then you're there for a good minute, minute and a half. It seems like a long time, especially for an exchange that should be like, oh, where's the bathroom? Oh, it's over there. Mm-hmm. I see, like, I <laughs> see the initial question, and then I see, like, your arms are like, what? But, really? Because <laughs> I can't hear anything. I'm too far away to hear anything, but I can just tell by your body language. You're like, but no. Re-. But Usually like, this is not something I would fight about, but this is what happened, is that I went up to the desk, and I'm like, is there a bathroom in the lobby anywhere? And he's like, yeah, you just have to go up this, like, giant staircase and then like turn right and then turn left and then use your guest key card and i was like well what if i don't have a guest key card <laughs> and he's like well then you can't use the bathroom and um and you know like i get it like i sort Did of you get offer it him the rest of the wine that's what you should i should have done, done that, that was that. your that was my cardinal mistake yeah. you think he was gonna drink our backwash of like out of the bottom of a second bottle that we like read down i don't think so. you should have tried just I should point it up I, down the counter I'm like does this change your answer <laughs> does this pinot does this medium bottled <laughs> Pinot make you feel <laughs> any differently? <laughs> um, free for us. Uh, anyway, so so uh, I was like, I don't have a guest key card, and he's like, well, you can't use the bathroom. And the thing is, like, okay, look, I, I I'm we're both like we're I was dressed professionally because mm-hmm. I'm like just came from a show, so I'm like wearing a blazer and shit, and, like you know, it's it's like it's not like I'm gonna go do heroin in the bathroom. Like, right, it's clear that I just really had to pee, and I was like, I I was like, it's really an emergency. Like, I really have to go, and he's like, well, like. I'm afraid there is no option. And then I said, well, where do you pee? Like when you're working a shift, where do the employees go to the bathroom? Surely you have a bathroom that you could use. And he's like, no, we don't. And I was like, this is crazy. and I said, I, I was like, I'm sorry. I, this must've been cause I was tipsy, but I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is the point where I see you. Like, <laughs> that's like, absurd. Even from the back, you were like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I was like, I'm sorry. I just don't believe that that's true. <laughs> I was like, you're telling me that you stand behind this desk for like an eight hour sh- shift, an overnight shift, and you never pee once. And he's like, yeah, usually by the time I get off at 7 a.m. and the Starbucks next door is open. What? And I was like, you wait till you get home to like, like the Bronx before you pee. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I don't pee, pee at work. There's no option. I'm sorry. That was such a fucking lie. Can you believe that? I was, you know what? I, uh, if I had been really combative, the thing that I would come back with is like, well, then I think I need to get on the phone with 311 and report yeah. the Empire this Hotel is, yes. for employee abuse because they are required to provide you with a bathroom. That's should have done that. Fucking ridiculous. Made a scene. Yeah, I should have made a scene. I should have made a scene as being the only person there outnumbered <laughs> three to one by employees. <laughs> Instead, we, we put our tail between our legs and we walked out and then, and then I mean, it was like, but no, really, I got to pee. Like, this isn't like a, haha, we tried. And so we cross the street, which is back on Lincoln Center's um, property, which is very exposed. It's not, there are no trees on the Lincoln it's Center property. It's a plaza. It's a plaza, a concrete plaza. And there is a tiny strip. Of landscape. Of landscape. It's not even, it's just rocks. It's like landscape that you would see inside of a mall. You know what? I'm just going to tell you something. Those rocks turn out to be extremely absorbent. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a very, it was a very successful public pee. 
I'm really proud of you for being there because it was in full sight of the door of the Empire Hotel where we had just gotten denied. Yes. So I just felt like... This and like the street and the parking garage. If someone had been pulling their car out, they would have had a drive People had a 360 me. view of what yes. was going on. Mm-hmm. She was not against a wall. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were no walls. There was I actually mean- <laughs> a sidewalk in front of her and a sidewalk behind her. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, I did not have nearly as much happening. Um, similarly, though, um, similarly, <laughs> it's very hard to. Um, I stage managed for a little thing that actually you sent me because you were too busy doing the gig you mm-hmm. were doing, mm-hmm. and um, that's another example of something where it's like I have actually done all of these things, but with like a with in different context in a different context. Um, but like the title is different, the, you know, whatever. So I stepped into this role and actually I didn't have any, I didn't, I wasn't nervous about it because I had, I had had the pleasure of seeing you do it and working under you, um, one time. So I knew how it went. And also the producer I was working with is like fantastic. She's so great. Um, but it really is a, it really is like kind of a quality assurance gatekeeper sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, everyone it's really just a job where you make sure everyone does their job and the best way to do that is to engender like positive attitudes toward you so mm-hmm. basically just be friendly talk to people empower people to do their job and trust the experts when they say something and mm-hmm. your job isn't to dictate what they're going to do your job is to or as i see it my job was to to uh explain to them what we wanted the end product to look like and you tell me the best way to achieve and then this. let them yeah, yeah um yeah, you're like run, you're basically this. running interference between all the different. You're just bringing things. it to yeah. bringing it all together, and it's just much easier to let the experts do their totally. job. Totally. So, so oh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about there, or that I know that has been going on, is that um, you know, as a contractor, you take on basically like take on a bunch of jobs and mm-hmm. fill in like you know basically hustle. You know, here in New York, so we have to hustle yeah. a lot harder than maybe we, yeah. either of us want to, but. Um, You've taken a very principled stand recently and quit some things. This past month. So, you know, I have, um, actually, Amrita and I both have very similar positions where we work three days a week and then we have the luxury of taking on some other jobs. Luxury. I mean, we have to hustle for it. Mm-hmm. But um, I've had a few other jobs, ongoing jobs, that um, it just, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And while it was nice to have the extra money each month, I think there comes a point when you realize how much it's how much something's taking, taking from you rather than what it's giving than what it's giving and it's not really worth it so earlier this month I decided to let go of um, a few things and um, I was actually surprised to a couple of people I worked with that I sort of decided that but um, and I don't know where I'll replace the money from but I have faith that that'll yeah, and you know, out. I think that's that's something that I never used to have faith in when I first started. When I first took the leap to become a freelancer, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so not the personality type that I'm like, oh, I can. I thought this too. I'll figure it out when it. And I, I need like, to like stay. I need to know where my paycheck's coming from. Every single stability. Month. And this is what happened to me. I had a bunch of people asking me when I was wrapping my shows this week, like, okay, so what's next on the horizon? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the next project? And I was like, I don't have one. Yeah. And then, but I wasn't actually worried about it. So I just was like, you know nothing really big on the docket for the fall, but like something will come up. Yeah. 
And I'm, pro- I'm totally confident something will. And that is something that I never would have thought when I first started, like first started this path of being a freelancer. Well, it's just like, if I'm not, if I, like I could very easily put a bunch of these jobs together and, and make a full-time job mm-hmm. easy enough to do. Mm-hmm. That's not what the goal is. Right. The goal is like not quitting a job to a full-time job to then just cobble together what amounts to be another, another full-time, full-time job, job with a bunch of bosses. <laughs> right. So that's what it started to feel like. Like these aren't these aren't jobs that are serving me creatively. They don't like. Right. I'm not. So it's like learning I'm gonna trim anything this and then supplant them with something that's like, you know, hopefully something that involves like writing or yeah. making something or producing right. something or creating. working with someone who will teach me new things. But I think it's very brave of you and principled of you. Maybe not brave, but I don't know if you'd accept that compliment. But it's very principled of you to say like. I could easily keep going with these jobs. They yeah. didn't, you know, they were happy with your work yeah. and mm-hmm. they wanted to keep you on. Yeah. And, and they're for good you to, people. And they're good people. And for you to be like, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Like I need to yeah, you turn my know face when to the you sun know, and do something, yeah. do something else. You have to life. listen to your gut, right? When it comes to certain yeah, things. And it, but I do know, think that's very principled is to be like, well, that does leave me in a position that like, maybe I don't know where my paycheck is coming from in September, but I trust that, that because this isn't right for me, it doesn't make sense for me to waste any more time right. on it. And I really and honestly, that. it's true. I would rather, I would rather, like make lattes, mm-hmm. because it's there. You clock in, you clock out. Not that that. I, I mean, I'm nowhere near needing to do that. But if it came to that, I would much. There's like a there's a certain drain that that other kind of spiritual work has on yeah, me. Like yeah, emotionally, emotional drain. it's like there's like always an email that needs to be answered mm-hmm. there's always you know and then but you don't have the benefit of like they're not contributing to your 401k they don't even pay your goddamn taxes like right, right. you know right like really when it, it's just like a more of a drain than anything else so yeah. that's what happened this month i mean you know conveniently my horoscope says that this is something that was going to happen so it so, is true you know. actually to the letter we so, both had pretty accurate um, horoscopes this month. It just happened to be that way. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed that like mm-hmm. things are going to happen. I'm, I was trying to explain. Um, it's not that I'm not a morning person. I mean, we're the same in the morning. You're not a morning it's person. Not, it's not even that I'm well, not a morning person. I'm like actively like a monster. Yeah, me too. And there's a difference between like, oh, I'm just not a morning person and being like... I'm convinced it's a hormonal thing or like a whatever, serotonin s- thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something like, I, I think science is going to show like in a few nocturnal, years. Nocturnal, like, diurnal people. Yeah, that like, there are some people whose like juices physically, mm-hmm. literally don't get... Don't like get going until... Get going. Yeah. You see me on my feet, but really... I'm not I'm there. not there. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. And people who know us well know not to um, not try. to talk. Don't not try to me. talk until we speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And even like like one of my roommates, uh, she uh, and I have lived like we were roommates like ten years ago, and then have come back together. And um, she was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm not a morning person, but like you take it to a whole other level." <laughs> but like it, I've grown to understand that you're not actually like angry. Mm-mm. It's just that you literally can't form words with your mouth, Mm-mm. and so. If I like, if I'm gonna ask a question, the best I'm gonna get is like a grunt. Which this made for in my mind, I think that I'm saying words, but yeah. what's actually coming out of my mouth is like. Bleh. Well, 
And this is something I'm glad that we share this trait that we share because when we went on our road trip, we went on a cross country road trip a few years ago and I don't know what would have happened if I would have ended up traveling with someone who was like a perky morning person. Um, what I do know is that I ended up with someone murder who, suicide. Well, <laughs> this I is what it was, I think this is the only reason like when we finally got to we, our stop in Cleveland and my mom was like, you guys went this whole time and you didn't like have any disagreements. No, zero. I was like, no, not really. No. And what else would, what, the only thing that I could imagine disagreeing about would be like, why are you being such a dick in the morning? Like you might say that to me. Yeah. But since we're both that way, <laughs> neither of us would even, it would even, wouldn't even occur to have that conversation. It was perfect because we'd wake up in the morning, whether we were in a tent or in a hotel or in an Airbnb, and like we wouldn't talk to each other for like two hours. But this is the thing about that you people who are morning people should know about people who are not morning people. First of all, we're not monsters. We're really not monsters. <laughs> and <laughs> words and actions are two different things. So... I don't want to talk to you in the morning. I, like, I'm not going to, we're not going to talk. But like for when we would wake up on the road trip, whoever was up first would like get coffee. Mm-hmm. And it was often you. A few times it was me. We'd like get coffee or get breakfast or something. And you're like, you're, you're still not in a verbal state. But you're like, I would bring back coffee for you or bring, or you'd bring back coffee and like breakfast and just like, uh, like grunt. <laughs> So like your actions are like, you know, it's like you're actually very nice in the way that you're like, you got coffee for yourself. You got coffee for me, but you don't want to talk about it. What you don't is want to be like, I got you coffee. Right, right. Like, I'm not going to. Hey, would you like coffee? I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to ask you. you. Yeah. No, there was never any of that. No, It's just like, like, I bought a coffee. I got you what I have. Like, don't look at me. Don't. Yeah. I'm going to read my book. You read your book. And then. And we get on the car. We start driving. And then, yeah. And then naturally conversation would evolve yeah yeah that's like the ideal for me (laughs) sometimes on days like yesterday when i didn't have to like work you know it's just like the the slowness to how like my day i mean we do this often too when we are trying to meet up to work we get often we don't meet up until two o'clock but Mm -hmm. it's just because that's like the normal time that a day should start for people with our mentality Mm -hmm. is that like the work day should be like two to ten p.m (laughs) and then like after that then you like yeah, have your social time. <laughs> but I'm not, no, I'm not getting together at like 8.30 in the morning, even though, even though, and I think you're the same way, if I get to work at 9 a.m., if I had to go into an office and when I had to go into an office, that morning I was like very efficient, very sharp. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people are, you've had a full night of sleep. So it's not, not that not I'm being mentally non just, just I'm not functioning friendly. at a high level. Yeah. I just like socially. I can't smile. I can't, I can't actually, I don't understand how to configure my face in a way that's like pleasing to other people. No. I thought I did. And then, um, and then I was called out by it by a former, in a former office where people were like, well, yeah, it's just like, no, everybody knows not to like ask you for stuff first thing. <laughs> Cause it, they're not going to like the answer that they get. And I was like, Oh no, really? That's so terrible. <laughs> but then I thought, you know what? Actually I've succeeded. I've, I've, I've trained you like the puppies you are. (laughs) Uh, One thing that um, I actually, when I first met you, was something that I've I've grown to uh, really appreciate about you. And that is this. Tell me more. (laughs) That is this love of, of celebrating moments. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so actually... I think that um, I have a, I respond to this quite a lot sometimes when people are like, oh, you know, it's 
it's only my 37th birthday. Like, right. why would I celebrate that? Like, it's like, I'm too old to like Who make cares? every birthday a big deal. It only has to mark the big ones. And I completely disagree mm-hmm. with that. I think that any excuse to celebrate yourself and to, you know, just Look, marking mark an occasion, occasion. Marking occasions is something that, that, that makes our lives fuller, richer, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, every day is like the last. So mm-hmm. I think... Birthdays should be celebrated, and I'm actually not a big birthday person. Like my family's not a big birthday family. Well, so but I mean, still, no, but I think you, know. you particularly are not a birthday person because your birthday also happens to be on New Year's Eve, so yeah. it's kind of difficult sometimes. It's like a, the worst day of the year. Mm. It's the worst. It's, I don't think it's so. It's the but, worst day of the year. But whatever. Anyway, so I love all holidays. Pretty much. I mean, that's not true. I'm a Grinch about Halloween, but and St. <laughs> yeah. Patrick's Day. But the point is, St. Patrick's Day is. It's a non-holiday. It's a non-holiday. But but um, like for instance, I'm gonna be coming up on. We're both gonna be coming up on our 10 year anniversaries with New York. Mm -hmm. Um, either I guess next year. Mine will be next year. Mine would be January, 2018. Yeah, mine will be August, so a year from now. Oh, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know if if either of us are gonna make it to our 10 year, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, but the point is that like these are things that like even my nine year anniversary with New York, I was like. I'm going to just pour myself a nice cocktail because like, uh, like I think this is a, this is something to celebrate. It was like, this was a momentous occasion. And so I think, I think uh, we should all mark as many occasions as we can, which is why I wish. So first of all, I don't think America takes enough um, time for itself. Oh, (laughs) I mean, we know these statistics that, um, people leave so many vacation days on the table each year, but I'm talking about national holidays. So, but national holidays that people actually take, not just like the post office takes, but like other than what Christmas and Thanksgiving and July 4th and Memorial Mm -hmm. day, Labor day, that's like all we get. I'm talking like other European countries, like Catholic. So I looked it up. There are 16 Catholic holidays in the year. Okay. So let's wait, just wait, imagine. Wait, you, I can't believe you came to the table. I did a little research. This, oh, this is amazing. So I think uh, America was founded on religious freedoms. There's this a reason people sailed across the motherfucking ocean, which if you sailed across the ocean, by the way, today, it still takes a really long time. Yeah. Imagine when you don't have a motor. So anyway, <laughs> you really are like committed to your religious freedom, right? So we're in America. I think we should celebrate all the religions. So that includes the 16 Catholic holidays mm-hmm. that I will be taking next year. Mm-hmm. It includes up to the 16 <laughs> Muslim day. holidays I'm oh, on taking yes, each year. Yes. Yep, yep. You're like, excuse, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, what's your, Tiffany? Um, it's Eid. It's Eid. I can't come in. In observance of Eid, I will be at home making myself a fucking delicious Middle Eastern Exactly. Feast. And I counted Hindu holidays, okay? Oh, we 36 know how to, we Hindu know, holidays. We know how to do okay? it, right? And there are yeah. probably even more. These are like major holidays. Anyway. 36 plus 16, 32 plus 36 plus how many Jewish holidays are there? Let's say there are five There's big like ones. There's like fucking gazillion. There are a lot of them. I mean, because each one of them is like a week long. Well, I think our aim should be at least one holiday a week. Yeah, and but there are if you add all those up. Uh, but yeah, I think marketing occasions is something that I haven't historically done very well. When I became friends with you, I think I've, I've gained the appreciation. Oh, that's so, so nice. I, it's really, I, I attribute this to you. Oh, thank you. That's sweet. This idea <laughs> just like of, of celebrating the thing. Yeah. And especially even if you don't have anything There's to celebrate. So much even in if life you don't have a birthday that's coming about. up or an anniversary to come up. Like, 
like when you go out to drinks with your friends and you're like, I'm getting this round today because yep. it, the temperature finally hit 70 degrees. Yes. And it's springtime and I care about that and therefore drinks are on me. Or like, I'm just going to like wear makeup and heels today because like, because it's a Tuesday and I need mm-hmm. to like, like, I don't you know, I just like making an occasion. Well, th- and this kind of dovetails into something else I wanted to talk about. Which is self-care. And mm. that, you know, marking occasions is a way... You can just make up the occasion just like you just did. You know, while you are a very weather um, <laughs> reactive person. So yes, I must I say that every spring, every time disorder. there's like warm weather, you you are like, let's go do something because it's Tuesday yeah, no, I and do it's that. like 70 and, degrees. And the first day where the, um, the temperature is uh, predicted to go over 80, uh, I try to make that a beach day even if it's like tuesday it's, yeah. <laughs> and i love that about you and i think that dovetails with self-care and that you know it's really easy to um obviously self-care is something that we all need to do especially when you know life gets tough whether it's politically or Oof. economically or both so real like, right now you know, so real emotionally or with family yeah. or whatever it is but marking occasions can be that kind of a way in which you're there's like perpetual self-care because mm-hmm. to my point if we have all these holidays on the calendar calendar i can be like oh i'm so depressed but no oh, we have this like it's passover so mm-hmm. i need to like you know <laughs> so I honor go out and get, like, go shopping these, and get the right get the right candles and the right, right food. i can't i can't i can't sit on my couch and be sad for myself there's a holiday to prepare for <laughs> i love that <laughs> you know? it's so good it's so good Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think everybody has their own kind of special self-care rituals. Mm-hmm. You have some very particular ones, actually. Do I? I think you do. Because, um, I mean, we've, I think we may have alluded to it in the past, but, like, um, your, like, it, newfound interest in, like, candle therapy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is part of a long-standing interest in just candles in general, yeah, and, like, lighting candles. candles. And it's, like, about having the right lighting. Mm-hmm. That's about making an occasion out of something. Here we are. We're sitting here. We're, like, you know, I'm with my boyfriend. We're having cocktails. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the right look oh, for yeah. the room? Oh, yeah. You know? Lighting is very important. The lighting that. has to be right. The smell has to be right. Mm-hmm. So candles are, like, a very easy way to... I love them. Do They're that. romantic. Yeah. So, like, but, like... Part of the like candle therapy thing that you've been into lately is just like is um lighting a white pillar candle mm-hmm. as you're mindfully preparing for bed, mm-hmm. not doing anything else. This makes you sound like such a weirdo. Winding down? No, it doesn't. No, it does, I don't <laughs> think it does at all. I mean, it does sound like a weirdo if you if you start to get into the reasons for why it's a white candle versus different oh, colors. Yeah, but so each of the can- each, each of the, of the colors, colors has has different, has, like, has different um, energies yeah. apparently according to color therapy. Yeah, but be that as it may, just kind of the creating the ritual out of lighting the candle, having that sort of like mm-hmm. low key time where you wind down. This is true. And, and you know, I don't have problems with like insomnia or anything, like knock on wood. But um, like for people who do, or people who have like anxiety, which I I have anxiety and like stress yeah. or whatever, that's like it's nice to have like a ritual that you build for like. And right. that, that's totally a self. I mean, my my bedtime ritual is like definitely a self care kind mm-hmm. of long drawn out thing of mm-hmm. like usually like candles i put on music then i go and like brush my teeth and wash my face or do whatever and then i 
you know, come back into my room and it's like dark and lit and it has like the the right atmosphere, the right, the right soundtrack, music, right? whatever I've decided that that night is like the thing I want to like fall asleep to. And then I turn the mute and then listen to the music for a little bit. Then I turn the music off and I call into bed. I read my book, you know, I whatever. So, yeah, I guess it's a self-care thing. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely that is. Um, but like, I think we all have sort of our little routines and yeah. rituals. But like for me, a, a TV show, I think we share this being a self-care thing is it Golden Girls. Yeah. Or like happy endings or like, yeah. I think know. binging, I think people would say like sometimes a self-care, sometimes binging TV is self-care. And I would say that it is, it can be, but it's just like a dangerous one just because it can, easily, at least for me, there's like that tipping. And I know for you too, because we've talked about it before, but there's the tipping point from where you're really enjoying your solitude, especially if you're an introvert, like we are, mm-hmm. you're enjoying your solitude on the couch, like just watching TV and then there and that's great and then but you've done it for a certain amount of time and it crosses over and you're like and if you don't get out yeah if you don't get out in like in that the right window then like after that then you start to feel very like stifled and sad and then you're you're, depressed and like can't break the cycle of being inside so um but so so but for me like um I have I have have a couple different things I have a lot of like musically related things I do too um so. I I really like um, I mean I know you're not a huge reggae person, but there's actually this very particular yeah. playlist it's that tough for me. Well, there's a story behind this one that I think you'll like. Okay. Um, that uh, my a, a college friend of mine, she was having a tough time, and her brother in the mail. This is you know because we. <laughs> this is we're gonna be something old. that we try to tell our kids that we're not gonna build, that like they're not gonna understand is that like we still were doing mix CDs in college yeah. like there wasn't streaming service so he sent her a mix CD in the mail and it was just a blank disc and then in this really childish scrawl on it like boy handwriting it said this will make you feel good mm. it's really sweet and then so you don't know what's gonna be on it that's the beauty of the mix CD is that you put it on and like you know if you send somebody a playlist that's sort of the mo- i guess the modern version of it you can make somebody a playlist but they're going to see what's going to be next right. in the queue they're, they they see what it's made up of i think there's something that's kind of awesome about the mystery of somebody making you a cd and you put it on and you're like i have no idea what's going to happen so you put it on and it was this mix of like reg is all like sort of reggae music and it really had it was miraculously curative and i got a copy of this and i ended up making copies of it for people and i kept using that title this will make you feel good and it just says track one track two so even if you put it in your computer you don't need to see what it is i didn't know what it was very recently i tried to reconstruct this playlist because i have a friend who's going through some tough times Mm -hmm. and and i was like oh this is maybe a good opportunity for me to resurrect this playlist i was able to find most of the tracks actually on spotify not all of them but most of them, and I, I was able to put it together. So um, you can look it up. It's this, I will. It's called This Will Make You Feel Good <laughs> is the name of the playlist. Um, so there's that. But then I also have sort of the opposite thing musically where sometimes I'm feeling really sad and I want to um, wallow in it wallow a little bit. It. Sometimes I think that you, tr- like the instinct is to try to cure yourself of feeling the thing but sometimes life sucks yeah and you don't want to ignore that the thing you're feeling yeah either. i don't I, like sometimes the answer isn't like oh Pretend i need it's to not make there. myself happy like yeah. i need to change like flip the script right sometimes it's like i feel really sad about this because it's legitimately something to feel sad about and i need to like be sad for a little bit mm-hmm. so how do i like really like i don't know this sounds so weird but like kind of like milk that. that yeah and um you're such my, a romantic i am not like a romantic not. notion like let me 
I know, I know, but I'm and not. And you put on some like puccini and like yeah, basically. Except some red so, wine so my favorite. Like, Wait, do you have a do you have a favorite? No. Puccini? Is that your like wallowing thing? No, oh. no, that's like that's really gay. So <laughs> 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 uh, my favorite is um, it's a Miles Davis album. Kind of blue. No. And it's, the, no, kind of blues isn't. Yeah, that's that's, that's Miles Davis, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So no, it's um, it's an album that he did where it was a soundtrack to a French movie. Um, I can't I can't speak French, but basically, I think what it translates to is um, like Elevator to the Gallows. Is, it, okay. is the title of the movie? So it gives you probably a, I don't know what the movie's about, um, but it gives you a sense. It's probably so it's not a rom com. It's a downer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, the, the soundtrack to it involves a bunch of different takes that he did of sort of improvising. So it'll be like several different like short clips. And I came to it because it, actually from a mixed CD perspective that um, if you wanted to put like a Miles Davis track on a mm-hmm. mixed CD, for instance, and you only have 80 minutes that you can use up, you're not, you can't like use like a seven minute bitches yeah. brew like that, like track, you can't do that. So you have to like use something short and um, there's a lot of like minute and a half like tracks on this album. So that's how I initially found it was through a friend who we were like, you know, we <laughs> swapped mixed CDs a lot. So, uh, but this is the best wallowing album. Next time you're like yeah. feeling sad, like put on like, and also oh, putting on, so this is the ritual. It's putting on really fancy pajamas. So I have like a black silk nice. nightie and then I put like a silk robe on top of it. And then I put on... Miles Davis, and then I just like really feel sad. That's great. <laughs> yeah, this sort of like I mean, it's like you you are marking that occasion. Sort of, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You're kind like, of like I'm honoring really sad, the sadness. And I'm gonna just feel like I'm gonna do all. I'm gonna go over this the really top. This really does, sad. yeah. No, yeah. I was like, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be if. Oh, you want to try sad? You want to try me, world? Like if I was I in a movie, I'd, I'd put on this black yes. silk. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it makes me feel. This would be playing. It makes me feel like I'm a character in like a mm-hmm. like an old like 1940s movie where I'm like on my chaise, like right. fainting couch, like really swooning over my lot in life or whatever. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're not on the apps, of course, because no. you're happily coupled. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Uh, in the time that you were, and I think in the time that I was, I'm not on them currently, um, in sort of silent protest that nobody actually cares about. <laughs> no, one <laughs> cares. no one cares. <laughs> anyway, um, certain things are deal breakers when mm-hmm. you're swiping. And um, for me, one that I always had a lot of trouble with is people who are into improv. And it turns out there's like a ton yeah. of straight guys in New York City who are just like, that's their hobby. Well, you know what I think they we do should improv. do? What? I think we should take an improv class. That, like, it's, I don't know, man. That sounds so horrible. That sounds, like, so horrible. That's a social mishap exposure if if I've ever heard one. I think we found it. Fall 2017. Oh, my God. Being an improv person. Anyway, so what what this got me thinking about, though, was, like, we're allowed to have this conversation because we're creative people and we're, like, artist people. 
but like obviously like artists are the worst like you like nobody wants to date an artist kind of no, thing like no. you know yeah so um what like what is the hierarchy of like w- the worst like stereotypically people who are the worst of creatives of uh, like yeah of creatives if you're looking at like a dating profile and it says like, like people that you want to date blank right right and things that most viscerally make you go like oh this could be really bad and of course keeping in mind that everybody's their own person and there's exceptions to every single okay, rule yeah. right so like I was people talking, are great yes people are on the whole great um we're or, just judging gosh. them by like yeah superficial things because yeah. what else do we have to go on right so uh like for instance my friend was telling me that her sister uh was like i'm really excited i have a date with this guy um and she lives elsewhere she doesn't live in new york but um she's like oh he used to live in new york he wrote a novel and um and then my friend was like oh god she's <laughs> like she's like well she was really excited about it so i didn't want to clip her wings but like to me that just really made me gag and i was like oh that to me that one doesn't bother me as much Here's that he hi- wrote a novel? That sounds fine. No, it sounds great. But like being like the personality of being a novelist, okay. she said, would be for her, for this friend of mine, mm-hmm. would be a tough, that would be a tough one for her to, to feel like she wanted to date. Okay. I don't share that necessarily. For me, the number one worst is improv person. Like that would be the least, the person I would least want to date because I, I picture okay. myself immediately having to go to an improv show, which first of all, I don't like, I don't like comedy shows. I don't right. like stand-up comedy. I don't like improv. You unless don't like stand-up at all. Unless it's really unless good. Unless it's really good. Like obviously yeah. like yeah, I yeah. really like Eddie Izzard. Right. But like I could name on one hand the com- right. comedians that right. I feel are great. And then anything less than, it's like oboe players. Anything less than like a virtuoso is like Terrible. unwatchable and unlistenable. Right. So um, I feel that uh, um, so improv is improv the worst. Improv is the I, top I, for I, you. Yes. For me, I Because it's not, it wouldn't be the top for me. Uh, yeah, see, this is what I was curious about. So, but I'll tell you my hierarchy. Okay. You think about yours while I'm talking right. about this. But Because um, I picture myself having to go to an improv show and then have to pretend that I thought it was great and be like, oh, sweetie, that was great. You were so funny. You really, you really like went with that prompt of like being monkeys on a train. Like that was so great, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I can't with that. So for me, improv, number one worst by far. For me, number two worst is poets. Okay. And I have a lot of poets that, you know, you and I both love in our yep. lives. So, you know, again, no offense intended to any individual people. Poets, terrible. Uh, as far as musicians go, they're mm-hmm. all the worst. Um, I have a lot of trouble traditionally relating to uh, serious jazz guys with capital J, capital G, you know, mm-hmm. people that like go to these like sort of really super weirdo free jazz shows and then like judge you for not understanding it and or expect you to yeah, understand I it. You know, And like I like can't and I don't get it. And I, I, I often look around and I see people like nodding their heads at these types of shows and I'm like, do you understand this? I don't mm. understand this. Like, should I pretend like I understand it? Like, I should probably like. I've been to a few. Yeah. And then it's very stressful for me. So maybe that's really just a me problem. This is like my entire college experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or then the pressure of you go to like a music thing with another musician, mm-hmm. like as music people ourselves, and then being expected to like have an opinion about it afterwards. It's like, so what did you oh, think? Yes. And the answer to what do you think? If you're two music people talking about it, can never just be like, "Oh, I liked it," because sometimes, usually, that's what I want my response to be. I might have like a more detailed, like, deep thoughts about it. Like three days later, I'll wake up and be like, "Oh man, ideas, thoughts." But yeah. like right afterwards, all I want to say is like, "I liked I it," I liked it, or I didn't like it, mm-hmm. or like, hmm, "I'm hungry." 
you know? Yeah. And then like having to have like a like a thesis statement after I go see music is very stressful. So for that reason, especially especially serious jazz guys, serious yeah, jazz. Um, would be sort of next on the list for me. All right. Um, but for me, like a novelist wouldn't bother me, I think, as much as like my friend reacted to that one as being her like number one worst. And for me, also like an actor would be like a serious actor would be tough, but it's also not my wheelhouse. So it wouldn't bother me as much. I think that would for me go under like most musicians. And for me, a dancer is actually somebody that I would not have a, not have that much of a problem with as far as the. I don't know. Hierarchy of creatives. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> is this a really weird question? It's kind of weird, uh, isn't it? It's a little bit. It's fun, though. I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean I have a list. Okay. If you're ready. I'm ready. So, number one would be a musical theater actor. Oh, I, sh- I wouldn't know. I should have known the answer to this already. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's just, there's just like. Typically, there's just like a lot that comes at you. Like a lot of energy. Always. A lot of emotions. Just like always. Mm-hmm. It's just like a relentless. Performative thing. Yeah. So. Actually, you know what? I I went on this uh, internet date with somebody who was like being such a clown in the bar and like being all like loud and like animated mm-hmm. and flinging his limbs around and like got up and like tried to give me a shoulder rub in the bar and like and I was, and like people were like looking at us and I was like oh my god I can't handle this <laughs> musical, musical theater. theater yeah so it's interesting you say clown because my number two was a mime or a clown <laughs> so that's quite a lot of actors that are like are like well I have you know clown yeah like clowning. clown yeah yeah and yeah and then Actually, number three is a dancer. Oh, interesting. Not, okay. Not a, not a classical dancer, but like a jazz dancer. Like, like a modern dancer. Look, dancers look great. They're like yes, phenomenal. Their bodies are the, the most perfect of like any right. athlete. Right. But um, they have to like maintain them. I don't I, like when it comes to like dating a dancer, I just feel like there would be a lot of like. It would take over their whole lifestyle. And going to bed early. (laughs) Stretching a lot. Like, you know, like, I can't eat this. I can't go here. Can't stay out. I've never dated a dancer. So I could be entirely wrong about that. Wrong about that. Um, And then number four would be improv. Wow. That was an inversion of where I thought you were going to go with that. Okay. But let's be honest with ourselves. If we were to create a dating profile of ourselves, no one would want to date us. Yeah, obviously. I mean, because if there was a checkbox like employed full time, no, nope. Like, in the creative has like like creative like a creative person who has lots of annoying opinions about things and like, yeah, has like Wednesdays off to like go and sit in the park. Sit in the park. Like, we're the worst. Obviously, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not like exempting myself from this. That's why that's why this particular the idea of it being like ranking the creative fields was particularly funny, but like. In the broad spectrum of like other things, I would much rather date another creative person than like a bunch of other really? things. Yeah, than like certain other. Oh, it types. doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I matter. none doesn't of this matter. actually matters. Just a little thought experiment. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Thanks for humoring us. Thanks for listening. Yeah. 
you know, it's summertime, but we're going to like ramp up. It's like going to be like a full, I mean, you're just going to, it's just like, you're going to be waiting for us to publish a new episode. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is that iTunes, Google Play, I don't know where else people get their, their shit, their like, shit, subscribe. but like, you can do it. Oh, you should. Probably should. 